Hello and welcome once again to Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who knows nothing about anime, still Malcolm McLeod. And join us once again. It's, it's been a while. Uh, Private Citizen Domenico. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Glad to be back. Thanks to the Dragon Ball miniseries, you you have uh, kept the throne of being our most used guest. You know, you, you had five appearances thanks to that. And uh, now you're back, which uh, makes it number six for you. You're our first six-timer. Climbing the rankings here. Yeah. Or hold my spot at the top. We have a lot of three-timers. We have a lot of three-timers. We have a couple no people creeping for the record. We have, like, you know, we've got Logan, Ray Lynn. Sasha's coming back soon. Lizzie. Oh, yeah. we, got, we got some people. So we got a lot of people in, like, the three. We've got, like, a solid, like, three-timer, three- to four-timer. Eventually, it'll become four-timer. But yeah. yeah, no, no one's coming for five, and you know. Uh, oh no, this is my six. So this is I'm number like, six, exactly. I'm like Michael so Jordan. I got six championships. I'm sure nice. that sports <laughs> reference will go over well with your anime audience. But yeah. I love it. I gotta be. I'm a sports guy. I love it. <laughs> okay, thanks. Yeah, these nerds can suck it. <laughs> and not only is Domenico returning, um, we're also returning to an anime. We're we're doing JoJo once again. Uh, with part four of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable. So we're not going to have too much of a history segment, but I just want to do a bit of background on this material. Obviously, Malcolm, you we've done three. No, we, we did two JoJo episodes before this. Yeah, this is number three. This is number three of the JoJo's. You've, you've, seen, you've seen like nine episodes of JoJo, uh, at least before uh, today. And Domenico, you've seen no JoJo. Um, yeah. Domenico, Domenico, I've constantly been pressuring you to watch JoJo. I would get super drunk and be like, yo, you got to watch this fight. Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, this is probably definitely the most talked about anime from you. So, yeah, I was excited to finally watch it. And it's, it's you, st- you start in the middle. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I feel like it, like, you have, like, it's better that you started the where you started than when I, where I started, when I, like, first saw it. Because the show that, like, I co- we covered in the first, episode that we like covered of jojo is not the show that we watch today i want to make that perfectly clear it's a wildly different show <laughs> like this is like a nice delightful show and what we watched was 80s trash at one point it and that's the truth of it because jojo jojo's bizarre adventure the anime is adapted from an 80s trash manga um that that slowly becomes something else um but yeah let me talk a bit about the background so jojo's bizarre adventure this is a uh, Diamond is Unbreakable is the fourth arc. Yeah, it was written from 1992 to 1995. This adaptation uh, came out in Japan in 2016. But yeah, so it's funny because this adaptation is uh, set in the in the future of the manga. It is set in the year 1999, which uh, I'm not sure if you guys picked up on that with some of the technological references. Maybe that'll put things into perspective now. But I was going to say that, um, what is it? Is it Jotaro? Uh, his hat that he wears is very 90s. <laughs> I was like, he looks like he's come just straight out of like uh, like a run DMC music video, <laughs> like with that hat. It was created by Hirohiko Araki and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Um, again, this is the fourth arc of, uh, of, well, it used to be eight arcs, but they just announced a ninth arc. It is still ongoing in the manga. So uh, the the seventh arc took like eight years to to get through. The uh, eighth arc took about ten years because uh, they reverted to a monthly manga schedule. And yeah, this author uh, Hirohiki Araki is uh, 
going to be writing this manga into his 70s, it looks like. Good for him. He's been writing this since the 80s, and he's just continuing the saga of the Joestar family. It's like him and the guy who's writing One Piece, where I'm just like, he had one story in his heart, and he's going to tell it to the day he dies. He's going to tell it to the day he dies. But I think what makes, again, we'll we'll get to this, what makes JoJo so fun is that every arc is completely different with its own cast of characters. Uh, before we talk about the episodes, I do want to say this is the only JoJo part to get a live-action movie adaptation. Uh, there is a f- live-action film that came out in 2017 called JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Diamond is Unbreakable, Chapter 1. I'm guessing there's no Chapter 2 for the live-action movie. It, it did not uh, perform well at the box office, so there was no Chapter 2. I don't know how you would do this as a, a live-action movie, like, after, like, watching, especially the, like, two of the episodes, or three, I guess, one of this, like, a, you know, a two-parter. I'm like, yeah. it's very, like, would be very CGI. You'd need a huge budget to pull off, at least, the, like, the last two episodes of this, the five we covered. So I've watched the movie, and it's actually not a bad adaptation. It, it covers basically the first five episodes of the show, and that's why I also did not just do the first five episodes of the show, because, you know, may, maybe we may return to this part just, just to see how they did it, because it is a, it is an interesting movie, just the fact that they even tried to pull this off in live. Is JoJo popular? Because I feel like I've only heard you talk about it for, like, years, and then maybe in the last year I'm seeing, like, JoJo stuff in public or noticing it, so I'm wondering if it's become popular or are you, like, an early adopter of it? Or I think it's a series that, you know, has just always existed. It's part of pop culture in Japan, but it's not a huge thing. And then just slowly, I think, obviously, thanks to memes, it is a, such a memeable series. Okay, that makes sense. So I think memes have really pushed JoJo um, to the next level because, you know, the announcement for the uh, Part 6 adaptation, uh, which is coming to Netflix and probably will be around, will have arrived by the time this podcast airs, that seemed to get, like, a lot of hype uh, in a way that, like, previous JoJo adaptations did not. So, yeah, it, it's a wacky series. And even even the live-action film was directed by, like, a pretty well-respected uh, Japanese film director. So they weren't exactly skimping on it. It was not as terrible as I expected it to be. I was expecting this to be a very bad live-action adaptation. I'm like, eh, you know, valiant effort. I just Googled the JoJo live-action, and it looks just the <laughs> poster for it. looks ridiculous. It's not yes. what I expected. I mean, they they did what they could. I mean, it focuses on the pompadour. <laughs> yeah, that that's something I can see right now. All right, let, let's get into this. Uh, so again, Domenico, you never watched JoJo before, and you're watching the fourth arc. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I texted you about it. I didn't want to like go too much in, but I just said, what the fuck is this? I was pretty... <laughs> <laughs> what was the part that made you say, what the fuck is this? Because there's a lot of... Hold on, sorry, just for, before we go. Wait, you? it's Takashi Mike is the one who directed... Yeah. Uh, or Takashi Miki, I think. Or, sorry, oh my god, yeah, I'm Takashi Miki. Great director. He's not like a big horror guy. <laughs> like that's that's crazy that he directed the live action films that are considered like the best Japanese films ever made. Yeah, he did Audition, Ichi the Killer, um, Thirteen Assassins. He did that like one western where Quentin Tarantino acts in it for some reason. Um, I forget the name of it. But this guy is like a movie machine. Uh, Sukiyaki Western Django is the movie with Quentin Tarantino in it for some weird, some weird reason. He's done a lot of movies. He's, he, I swear to God, he makes a movie every six months if you look at his filmography. Oh yeah, um, yeah. multiple in a series called Zebra Man, which just <laughs> looks, which I'm shocked is not uh, an anime that we've covered. <laughs> 
shocked zebra man is not like a jojo stand or something like that so yeah no domenico what was the moment that made you say what the fuck is this because there's a lot of i mean i picked five episodes that deliberately had a lot of what the fuck moments like what are they stands stands i don't even remember yeah stands are what like the the powers are yeah the whole concept of that which they was supposed to be extremely rare but apparently like everybody in this series has a stand so yeah (laughs) I, I don't know. They punched the guy and his face morphed, and then there was the turtle that died, and he brought it back to life. It was just a lot to unpack from the beginning. And then I think the thing that I actually like audibly laughed out loud and was so shocked was the guy's hat was damaged. Like when he like made a big deal, it was like, "Oh my, look what you did to my hat!" And it's like it's a it's a hat. Like it, the way it was bent was like it was made of metal or something. That makes sense. Yeah, I don't think I understood the concept of stands until the second episode of the podcast in which we covered the show because the first like arc doesn't really like has them but like i was also as confused and to be honest it took me a second to remember like oh yeah this show has this this stands thing which is you know something they and these episodes don't address as to like what they do or how they got them they just like we're like well we have them but i mean we're also like you know you're jumping in to, into the like the third arc which yeah which also i don't understand why it's called diamond is unbreakable like i was one thing i'm like the one thing it's like it's a cool it's like a cool name but i was like why is it called diamond is unbreakable uh well i don't quite know i mean it's so so uh josuke our, our main jojo in this so the protagonists change every segment and the the years they it's all like a recur it's every arc and this is the fourth arc is um a new story with new characters. Some characters come back. Um, Jotaro Kujo, the guy who uh, we get introduced to at kind of the very beginning, he's you know he's got a show for taking him to uh, the town of Morio. He was the main Jojo in part three. And to make things even more, uh, to, to tie things even more into, Josuke's real father, um, Joseph, was the main Jojo of part two. Everybody Is everybody named Joe? Is it just like a joke or... What's the yeah, it's a just recurring thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, everyone's named Joe. Or it's like a, a variation of Joe. So you have like Joseph Joestar, already too many Joes. And then you've got uh, Jotaro Kujo. And then you've got, you've got uh, Josuke uh, Higashikata. Just don't even bother. Um, I, think I, got, show... I think it's the best I've done uh, unprompted. <laughs> and I, was... I, I could be totally wrong. There's probably some people out there who are just like, you fucking butchered it, Malcolm, yet again. The first JoJo who, who dealt with Dio uh, was Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan does not last long. His arc is only nine episodes. And then then if just just for funsies, the fifth JoJo is the, uh, the illegitimate son of Dio, and his name is Giorno Giovanna, uh, so it's with Gs. Not uh, not Jay's, but he still goes by JoJo somehow. And then the sixth JoJo, <laughs> even though it should be GoGo, but uh, who's, well, who's... you know, I guess it's Italian. I don't know. Uh, Is that something that... I can complain about? Because the whole I honestly went into this thinking the whole show was like Italian. That's like one of the things Jack wrote up. There was only one Italian episode, so I was a no, little disappointed. Um, about the uh, the Italian season, unfortunately, Domenico was already shoddied by our lovely editor, so he's ah, uh, that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I watched. I watched this with Italian subtitles just to make it feel more Italian. So I was reading along. Uh, and there is, there's another Italian character, um, uh, Caesar Zeppoli, who's very prominent in part two. Uh, so, you know, the, um, this guy, uh, Araki, the manga author, he clearly loves Italy. Um, and then the sixth Jojo, who's the star of part six is the daughter of Jotaro. And her name is Jolene Cujo. 
And then part seven and eight get wacky because it takes place in an alternate universe because uh, Iraqi was like, okay, I need, I've kind of done what I did with the concept. So now we're just going to do a whole new universe and it gets back to Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan Joe star, but it's a different Jonathan. And then part eight, stars a different version of Josuke who also might be a completely different person. It gets very confusing. A lot. Does Mojo Jojo make a cameo? No Mojo Jojo. Oh, I guess okay. he wasn't at Powerpuff Girls found. I mean, that would have been great. I mean, Mo- yeah, you have to have Mojo Jojo show up at some point now. Now that you put it out there, it's got to be. Come on, all right? Yeah, it makes sense. Right, 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 right. Yeah. The only way this can happen is that the CW does a live action version of JoJo as well as a live oh action version God. of Powerpuff would... Girls, and then that and that becomes just a hellscape, and that's when Earth ends. Is <laughs> when the CW does. The, the CW should do a live action version of JoJo because they could put all their shitty, um, whatever their modern uh, pop rock songs are. Those can be the titles of stands. You can tie it in because again, like all these stand powers are named after. Um, songs although due to copyright issues the dub doesn't use those so it's even a bit more confusing there but you know they could they could they could have fun with it let's talk about the very very first scene because this one is actually an anime original it is not the first scene of the manga so we see this kind of very nice breakfast being made and then you (laughs) it pans out to show the to the lovely hand that's making it except the hand is severed and then blood drops to reveal the title JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. So that's actually an anime original scene. And it's because they're trying to foreshadow, very lightly foreshadow, what the main storyline is actually going to be about. Which is what? Because I don't feel like well, I understood I, what that storyline was. Thing. I could have picked, <laughs> picked episodes that tied into the main story, but I chose to just pick the fun ones. But the main story is, is basically Twin Peaks. It's about a serial killer um, who's killing women mysteriously. Was Billy. it Angelo? Or are you talking about? Is nope. it, is it different, different serial okay, killer? Like one thing they they did at least in the dub that I watched, which was the net, on Netflix, is yeah with Angelo, which I thought was an interesting twist, was that he was like a serial killer. What do you like? And he was like he killed three boys, but they make a very big emphasis of like he raped and killed these boys. And I was like, what the fuck? Like he never. It just shocked me. I like when I like saw that line, like because they were talking about Angelo in this first episode. I was like, holy shit! They just went there. Like they they just dropped a hard the hard R there. I mean, you know, if we want to go back to Dio, Dio Dio sexually assaulted uh, Jonathan Joestar's uh, girlfriend and killed his dog, and he was twelve too. So. I just like, killed a dog too, though. He bit a dog's face he off. Did. Right? Yeah. He didn't do that when yeah. he was twelve. He did that when he was mm-hmm. like. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's like multiple dogs that have like gru- like gruesome scenes happen to them. Although I think in like the Italian episode, that dog is made better. But like, the dog you know, is better. but there's a moment where you're like, that dog's gonna fucking explode, like in yeah. scanners. Um, um, yeah, Iraqi Iraqi doesn't like dogs because uh, there's a lot of dog murder throughout the show. Yeah, he's he's already in within like what twenty minutes of this podcast. We've already talked about child rape and the murder of dogs, <laughs> and also a turtle gets hurt. So let, let's let's uh, dial back. So um, yeah, and now we don't and now we don't have plastic straws. So uh, Jotaro Kujo, twenty eight years old. Um, let, let's talk about Jotaro too, because uh, Malcolm, we've made fun of the fact that Jotaro uh, in in Stardust Crusaders, looked like a 42-year-old man. He he does not look the same as he does in this version, right, Malcolm? No, I didn't realize, I didn't put it together until about halfway, well, like, almost through the first episode. And then I was like, wait a minute, that's supposed to be the same character. 
He's he's a big ass dude in part three, but um this this series when when Iraqi was doing part four, he did change the art style. So from this point onwards, characters aren't musclemen anymore; they're more kind of slender. Um, you know, kind of he 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 likes that kind of metro metrosexual look. I mean, he still not doesn't look twenty eight. Like the guy still looks like he's in his like I don't know. Well, actually, he does look a little younger. He looks a little younger, maybe a little more age appropriate. Like I wish like his publisher when they were making the like the manga were just like you, you got to come up with a different name. You can't they can't all be yeah, you know, variations of Joe. This is I mean, exhausting. Yeah, like what I wanted more band names. Like I wanted more band names as characters, and that hasn't happened in this uh, in this section of the story. In the in the ones I covered, unfortunately, and I, I think I should probably say this uh, right now: the episodes we watched were one, two, ten, fourteen, and fifteen. Um, that's in the Wait, show uh, notes. Dude, I watched I watched one, three. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the um, previous episode of when we covered JoJo, I forgot to watch a full episode. <laughs> I did not realize. But, then, but thankfully, we had a guest, Logan, who did, so it worked out. What? Where are we? So JoJo Kujo, he's back. He's he's got a show for, it, and he's got to come to this town called Morio, and JoJo really just hopes uh, there isn't going to be some weird shit going on, but of course there is. And uh, he loves saying the, the the phrase, good freaking grief. That's such a 90s thing, I feel like. It's just like, where it's like, it's in that vein of like Bart Simpson. Uh, like, I feel like where they like, they want to have the character swear, but they're like, also like, we got to respect the fact that he's, you know, 12 years old or whatever. Um, which is, yeah. by the way, I didn't know if he was 12 or 14 or 22, like, you never, you know, you just, you don't know. Do they swear in JoJo? Uh, no, not really. They don't say the F word or anything. Dude, there was an F word in the Italian subtitles in one of the oh. scenes. That, yeah, they just added um, it out of nowhere. To, to uh. each their own. Um, so, yeah, he's, like, low-key in- interrogating this taxi uh, chauffeur. And then Jotaro, when he gets into to the little town, he bumps into this uh, high school student named Koichi, and Koichi, they they bump into each other, and Koichi's stuff all uh, is about to like fly everywhere. But Jotaro stand uh, star platinum is able to catch everything, and uh, Koichi, who is not yet a stand user, cannot see uh, what's going on. He's just like, oh wow, how did how did all my stuff not fall down? I sh- I, sh- I should mention this uh, because this will probably uh, give you a bit more perspective. Uh, spoiler alert for part three: uh, Jotaro's power is that he can stop time for like seven seconds. <laughs> Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, he like he addressed that in the first episode. For yeah, moment, right? that, yeah, he, he gains that power at the end of the at the end of the arc in part three. That's his big thing. He but he doesn't actually because he decided to become a marine explorer. He hasn't used the power in a while. Okay, yeah, that was the other thing. I was like, when did he become a marine explorer? The last arc is all of him in Egypt. You know, famously. Doesn't have much of the sea near it. Ten years have passed, man. He 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 went to college. He stopped. He stopped uh, doing the time stopping stuff. Stopped, you know, fighting punch ghosts and uh, got got into marine biology. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm so exasperated by that. That's so much back needless backstory. It is uh, the the idea that Jotaro cares more about dolphins than uh, mysterious ghosts that can kill people is uh, is something else. And uh, I do, I do love that when uh, Koichi, when he bumps into to Jotaro, he he he, he claims he's a giant, and he says, "Oh, you, he's got to be over 190 centimeters tall," which I looked up. Uh, that means he's over six two. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. I was like, "That's not even that tall." But yeah, I was gonna say, I'm I'm 
like on my driver's license, it's listed. I'm over uh, 190 centimeters. I was like, oh, in this world, I'm a giant. Yeah, well, to be fair, Koichi is very small. He's he's yeah. a little tiny person. So so him and him and Jotaro, they're interacting, and then they see these uh, thugs harassing a dude with a big pompadour, and um, they there's the poor turtle man, the poor turtle, the thugs. They fucking take the turtle, they smash it against a wall. You see the blood too, like you know. Oh, the gore in this show is brutal. Like it's like it's like it's they don't hold back. Like that's where it's like where. It, where you go, like, why is there not more swears in this? Because, like, this is not a children's show. Like, I don't view this as, like, oh, yeah, we made this for kids. It's like, no, 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 no. They made this for, like, I guess, like, teenagers, probably at the youngest demographic, and then, like, older. Because, uh, yeah, it's like, it's like, here, we're going to just show you the brutality of, like, I think it would forget it. Was it, like, a fist to the turtle's face, or was it a boot? I forgot. They, they, they threw it against a wall, and you just see, like, the cracked shell, and it's, you know, yeah, it's not nice. Turtles don't be don't be mean to turtles, man. They're not doing anything to you. And uh, our our hero, our new hero, Josuke, doesn't take that well. And the thug leader makes the biggest mistake, which is to insult his pompadour. And um, yeah, he fucks him up pretty good with his uh, with his stand. And his stand in this is called Shining Diamond. It's called Crazy Diamond in Japan. So that's why it's called Diamond is Unbreakable. Yeah, it's because of the stand. Okay. Uh, there you go. Okay, I re- I okay, I should have pe- pieced that together earlier. I'm that man. I feel I'm feeling. I mean, it, it's 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 not like you said, "Hey, diamond is unbreakable," and you're like, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, no, but it's like, oh, that's the name of the stand. And um, that's the thing. So, so in the previous incarnation, in part three, the stand powers they later got more creative as the series went on. But the main characters, their powers were pretty much just you know, they were almost like Pokemon. They were they were they were very you know. Oh, this one shoots fire. This one's good at punching. You know, this one shoots stones or some shit. Um, the power that Josuke has is far more original in this because his power can basically not only does it punch really fucking fast, it can also restore things to to what they once were before. But he can also do that in very creative ways. So when he beats the shit out of this thug, he does heal the thug's face, but it, it uh, he fucks up the guy's nose. It's almost worse. Like if you just beat him up and then let him heal on his own, like for a couple yeah. months, you know, he's like permanently altered his face. It seems like overkill. Yeah, and instead it's like here you're gonna ha- you're gonna have a fucked up face and you're gonna need a nose job later on because you can't really breathe out of that you know your nose anymore. All for insulting man's hair. But you know he completely heals the turtle. Oh, that's like his redeeming portion uh, quality then. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it makes up for it. He more, like permanently disfigured somebody's face but he healed a turtle so it's good yeah well yeah. Like, like the guy again that guy was a turtle that guy was an animal abuser so fuck him yeah and he insulted his hair anime aging again because the next scene we have is um wait no i'm i'm going forward too much because we have a little um scuffle between josuke and jotaro and that's where they both get to kind of use their powers on one another and that's where again josuke he, he fucks up uh jotaro's hat but Jotaro still kind of gets the one up on him because he does have that power to stop time, which is why he's able to kind of get behind Josuke in the end. I don't know. I'm going to be honest. This is like the least interesting of the episodes that we watched. Really? I, I like those ones the best, to be honest. The first two. I, I like episode two more. Like, I will say that, like, because obviously episode 
one is the setup for episode two. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was kind of lumping them together, but that's fair. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. If you're lumping that together, yeah, that makes sense. Do, do you do you want to get to Angelo, who, again, is just such a fucking bastard? Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, I kind of wanted to jump to that. Like, I feel like yeah, Angelo... Yeah, like like I his backstory is so fucking crazy. Like like we like we said before about like he's like twelve years old. He's a serial killer. He's murdering, raping boys, uh, or his classmates. I guess would be like uh, the best way to put it. I, I don't know. Oh, uh, I'm really I'm really skating a line here about how much I've said the the word rape in this episode. <laughs> Angelo's a bad man, is what we'll say. Angelo's a bad man. A Did bad, he cut yeah. off a person's genitals or dogs? They, they were talking about genitals being cut off and like nailed to a pillar. I can't remember that. Oh my god! Probably <laughs> a dog at this. With what the amount of dog mutilation that's happened in this show, I feel like it. It's probably both. Um, but yeah, no. But it's like he goes to prison and then they like are going to execute him, but then he survives the execution. Yeah. And then like so what and then I forget what happened afterward. Oh, then he, he used to stand to escape. And then he's working yeah. at uh Lucky what is it? It was like Lucky Milk <laughs> was the, the name of the Yeah, he's the milkman. Which is yeah. <laughs> Just the yeah, him being a milkman. So his stand, it's called Aqua Necklace, and it, he can basically use it to like kind of possess people. So he bumps into like this like uh dude and his like um, you know, uh girlfriend or whatever. Oh, sorry, I was going to say with the milkman thing because I was just thinking about it. I was like, I know this is said in the '90s, but like, I feel like people gave up milkman like deliveries like in like the '50s. Like, I feel like that was a very '50s thing, and then like it stopped. Like, I don't know, I don't know, but like, I about you, but I've never, I haven't really seen uh, anyone who had their milk delivered. Like, because you can just buy it at the grocery store with your other groceries. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they had it in Japan. Maybe. I mean, I'll be honest. My dad had it for a bit, and I was like, "This is the stupidest thing you've ever spent money on." <laughs> milk delivered. I was like, "No, no, like you don't even really drink milk. Like I don't drink milk. Like it was like, what are you doing? Like what are we doing here?" It was a very frivolous decision. I think he, he made it because he knew someone who was like doing it, and I was like, "Well, that's a stupid idea." So he uses his stand to basically possess this other dude. It creates a hostage situation because he possesses the guy to like. Um take this convenience store lady hostage and uh josuke gets involved and the way josuke um solves the situation because the guy the guy has like a knife uh to the woman's throat and he uses he uses his stand to punch through both both people through their chest to grab the knife which is fucking metal and i love it yeah i thought he killed the lady and then he healed her obviously in that split second but he's, yeah i thought he just went like full lunatic and was seeing red yeah, he punches through both of them, and he, he I guess he heals them so quickly that they don't even notice. But then he also manages to put the knife into the guy's chest. Yeah, Josuke's creative, man. Like, he's, he's not satisfied with just beating people up, huh? It's just got to be, like, something different with every time. He's morphing faces. He's leaving knives in people. It's out there. No, and I love it. I mean, I think that's why Josuke is such a more fun protagonist than Jotaro because, again, his power his powers are more creative than just punching people and stopping time. So, yeah, the, the knife is stuck in this guy. Um, he tells the, the police that they can handle him, which sucks because, like, the guy was possessed, so it wasn't even really his fault. So Yeah, that's yeah. true. Also, the police detained him. He was, like, on the ground. Like, uh, Josuke was, like, fighting the cops, right? If I remember the very end of the episode, like, wouldn't he just use his stand to, like, get out and, like, walk away or whatever? But they were, like, arresting him afterwards. 
And also, like, the whole reason, I think we should bring this up uh, before I forget, the whole reason that Jotaro is even here is because Josuke is the illegitimate son of, of Joseph Joestar. Yeah, I don't know who that is. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mal- Malcolm's met Joseph. Yeah, I didn't understand this whole idea, because, like, yeah, he's got, like, a, like I don't understand why he's illegitimate, and then there's, like, a legitimate son or daughter. Like, I was, I was confused as to how that came about, because like, it could just sort of, like, they just kind of say, like, you're the illegitimate son, and, you know. Uh, but they don't really explain why. I guess that means Joseph Joestar had an affair at one point. Yeah, he had an affair while he was like in his sixties, basically. That also <laughs> technically, and and Jotaro even brings this up. That technically makes uh, Josuke uh, uh, Jotaro's uncle. So oh yeah, I do. Uncle. Yeah, I do remember that. No, jo- it's like, Josuke- were, that's so that's so stupid. <laughs> it, it's, I guess it was a creative way to to still have a young JoJo, and they, I guess he didn't want Jotaro to have a kid quite yet. I mean, that makes more sense because, like, also, he's if he's 28, like, he can't have what is it? Yeah, it's not to have a 16 year old would mean like he'd have to be like what 12 when he had the kid, and that then how do you explain the whole like, I guess, you know, I guess he didn't want to have a 12 year old protagonist quite yet. So, not that there are 12 year old protagonists in the show, but he was just like, yeah, we got we got to wait a while before we do that. Yeah, I mean, I think it was more of just like you could have because I know there's like Joseph Joestar had a son or a daughter and then they had it they he had a daughter and the daughter is um jotaro's mother that's the jazz one right yeah joe jotaro's father is a jazz musician who we never see i'm so excited (laughs) (laughs) you you want you want a spin-off manga about uh jotaro's jazz musician father i don't know at this point (laughs) (laughs) so so this episode ends with angelo he's in he's in his milkman disguise and he's uh, creeping on um, Josuke's mom. Yeah. What happens to Josuke's mom? Does she just disappear? She's still in other episodes, you know. Yeah, but in the second episode, they like hold down the house for three days. I'm kind of jumping ahead here, and she just never comes back home. Yeah, she comes back in other episodes again. Oh, you know. Okay. You see her around. You know, she was just at a funeral for her uh, her father. Um. So Angelo, he 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 sneaks uh his stand into the residence, and he, he kills. He kills a a dog owner and the dog. He, he straight up like fucking eats the dog's face, and it's because the dog is pooping. Because um, what's going on is that like Angelo is try, trying to uh to get into the residence, and because of like dog poop, he can't or for some reason. There, there's some sort of dog poop incident that is preventing Angelo from doing what he wants. Didn't he get mad about like a cigarette? He got mad about a cigarette butt too, or something. Yeah, he did. Angelo is very particular about things. He doesn't like litter, I guess. They'll commit rape. <laughs> Don't, cigarettes do not commit. No. Um, so, wait, wait, wait. Jack, if you're, if you're staring right now, was just like, I just want to say cigarettes uh, do not cause rape. <laughs> like it's, uh. So anyways, Angelo, he does, he actually does manage to, to get, get inside uh, Josuke's mom. Uh, he, he, get, he gets inside her using, using a stand. Um, yeah. he gets not, inside rape. That. not rape. No, not rape. He, he does it through his weird, his weird aqua stand. I was very confused. I wasn't sure, even me, I was kind of confused at first to be like, wait, does he turn into the stand? Because the stand is also talking. But No, the stand seems to be like an extension of him because he's like yeah. in a tree for a good chunk of that episode, just watching with binoculars, like the little fucking creep yeah. that he is, um, you know, probably jerking off. And then, um, you know, and then he's at a certain point, yeah, they, you know, 
So I feel like he's like, but he's connected, but he's not like I. I don't think he turns into it at all. I don't feel like any people turn into their stands. The stands are just like an extension of themselves. That's at least what I gathered. But I also still don't understand the convoluted uh, mythology of stands in this world. Yeah, and also like some stands like actually talk. That's what makes it even more confusing. Like Angelo's stand is communicating, although I guess it's through Angelo, whereas like. Star like Jotaro and Josuke's stands don't really appear to have too much of a brain function beyond doing their doing what they do. Uh, this, they're they're very inconsistent. Stands can do pretty much anything. Um, but yeah, he does manage to get his creepy little stand into uh, into uh, Josuke's mom's body. But then uh, Josuke he uses kind of the same technique he used with the uh, the during the hostage situation where he punches a hole through his mom. But he's also holding like a glass bottle. So when he grabs uh, the stand, he also manages to fuse it inside the bottle itself. It's a it's a very clever usage of his like quick healing powers. It's pretty neat. I feel like the stand would have been able to break out of a glass bottle though. The bottle doesn't even seem to work because the stand turns into a bottle of cognac. So um, that Jos- Josuke's grandfather can then drink it. It's, it's fun. Josuke's grandfather is a nice guy. Uh, he was the one who actually caught Angelo uh, in the very beginning. That's what that's what uh, is revealed to us. And, you know, he, he rides a bicycle. He's a nice dude. But he just drinks random uh, bottles of cognac without even asking. You know, he's an older man. He just had a long, hard day at work. He's unwinding <laughs> after a tough day on the police force. Didn't they say like, just- seven, like seven people died that day on the news tubes? Clearly, it was a tough day at work. Clearly, it was a tough day at work for the for the cycling police officer. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he has his last drink because yeah, uh, Josuke doesn't even have time to realize what his grandfather has done before he's dead. Yeah, that was sad. Did they kill a lot of people in the show? That was the only death we experienced. This so. this this season kills less people than previous JoJo parts. Uh, for one thing, a lot of antagonists uh, get to live, uh, as we'll kind of talk about. But uh, yeah, there are some. There are some, when when there are deaths, they seem to matter more because there's so few of them in, in comparison to to the rest of the series. Like everyone kind of seems like they survive. Uh, well, outside of you know Angelo's victims, but yeah, Angelo's victims uh, don't don't make it out. But he, you know, even Angelo's fate is a fate that's far more creative uh, than just being executed. Yeah, I mean, Angelo becomes what is it? A rock at the end, and then <laughs> as a rock, he's also like a you know, it's like. I like the joke that it's like it's became the you know the most popular spot for lovers was to make out in front of that rock. I love it. Uh, the the way Angelo gets taken down is very fun because again, um, so anyways, you know, Angelo's whole gimmick is that he can possess people, and uh, you know he eventually does it to Josuke, but then Josuke reveals that he actually like swallow swallowed a glove, uh, and he then restored that glove to its previous state once uh, Angelo went in. Once Angelo's stand went inside of him, so he then took it out. Yeah, that was cool. It would have been funnier if it was a condom, but your glove. Yeah, I thought it was a condom too at first. Actually, <laughs> no, it's just it's just a glove. And then you know he like shakes he shakes the glove and it instantly reveals uh, Angelo's uh, real location. And you know Angelo gets pushed pushed to the back of this massive rock, and uh, we get our big JoJo beat down. And again, I love the music that plays whenever um, a JoJo beats down the enemy. You just know that shit's going down. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. I also like the. That's a question I have. Can he live? For, can Angelo live forever? I think he's. I think he can live forever now that he's part of the Rock. 
I guess. Is that, that, yeah, because he's like, you gotta spend eternity there, but it's like his airways, like somebody has to feed him. Don't think too hard. Apparently, though, he's just he's just a part of the town. <laughs> He'll just be part of the rock forever. Okay. Yeah, it's it, it's a fate worse value. than death. Hey, man, you can't move. You just gotta like watch watch just lovers watch make teenagers make come in front of you. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so yeah, what Malcolm? What do you think of this introduction to Josuke before we move on to a a, a, an epi- a more of a one off episode? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I don't feel like he wasn't. Like he's a good guy. Like I like the kind of the, the the dynamic that at one point, you know, he's just like very timid, shy guy. Uh, but then, like, if you make fun of his hair, he like turns into a fucking like monster. Um, and I, so yeah. But I mean, I don't know. He's at least he's not like a sexist like one of the other shows. Uh, so he's but, well, like Jotaro was when, when like Jotaro was just saying bitch all the time. Yeah. So I'm like. Well, he, not just a bitch. He was calling his mother a bitch all the time, which yeah. is, you know, in Italian circles, you can't do that. <laughs> you're you're going to get your ass kicked, <laughs> I think. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, it was, this was kind of a, these were the boring two episodes, in my opinion. Like, I just felt like, I felt like, like you, yeah, like, this one was like, oh, yeah, it kind of did lay the groundwork. You have Angelo, you have the funny joke of the rock at the end, but, like, yeah, I don't know. I just never, like, it was just an intro. Like, it just, like, he's a, you know, he's the only one, like, one of the only characters that we've covered who's, the, like, a teenager uh, aged, like, on this whole podcast that I felt like was actually kind of behaving like a teenager. Like, there is, like, those definitely, like, that, like, those anxieties of just, like, you know, people making fun of your look and so you kind of lash out and all that. Like, I feel like that's what's something you do when you're, like, 14, 15. Um and I kind of stayed true to that. I think that's the great thing too about Josuke. Uh, the the protagonist, the protagonist of the next part does not feel like a teenager at all. But yeah, Josuke is like an actual teenager in this show. And you know, he's a fun guy. He hangs out with his friends. He does funny things, and you know, he gets into to wacky scenarios just by happenstance. All right, <laughs> um, let's let's talk about Italian food. This episode, I had to pick it for Domenico because yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. You are Italian, and you didn't get to do the Italian season, so this was my consolation prize. And the episode is literally titled, Let's Go Eat Some Italian Food. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, um, that's a, like is the episode before or after, like, tie into it all, or it's just a straight one-off episode? Uh, you know, it's it's very much a one-off. And again, it, it's only, it's it, it's not like a two-part or two, so, you know, it was just... You know, of the episodes I was looking at, I'm like, this is a fun one. It is just very funny because, like, there isn't really a villain in this episode. You think there's going to be a villain, and, you know, it subverts your expectations on that. Yeah. I don't understand what happened. I mean, we'll get to that eventually, I guess, when we go through the summary. But, like, <laughs> so, still don't understand what happened there in the end. So, so um, Okuyasu, so Josuke is with his friend Okuyasu, who, who's introduced in a couple episodes later on after episode two. Um and, you know, they're just hanging out and they're just, you know, they're just two teenagers and they're really hungry. And they decide to go to this random restaurant called, um, uh, oh, God, what is it? Is it Tatario? Trattoria. 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 So it, it's uh, the restaurant is owned by this guy named Tonio. And there are no menus at this restaurant. Uh, he just examines the customer and then he decides what to prepare for them. Uh, how would you feel if you went to a restaurant with no menus? Well, that was the funny thing is that's actually common in Japan. And what was uh, oh really? Yeah, it's, 
Yeah, and it's actually it's called omakase. It's like whatever yeah. the chef makes. Like, I mean, I don't know how common. There's a restaurant uh, in Vancouver that does that. Where yeah, omakase, yeah, where it's like it's a set menu. You don't usually. It's like obviously the weird part about this is that he looks at you and then comes up with the dish. Usually, mm-hmm. like there's these restaurants where you go and yeah, it's a set menu and it's like this is what you're having today. This is what we had. This is what the chef wanted to make, and this is you know it's a three course meal. And, you know, it's it's that. I mean, a lot of restaurants in Japan as well, at least in my experience there, have, like, they only do, like, one thing. It's like, here's, like, the one dish we make. So it's like you either will eat that dish or you'll go somewhere else. So, I don't know. I appreciated, you know, the fact that they were just, you know, kind of playing up on that. Uh, but, yeah, it is, kind of, you know, but I like the, I, I don't know, I, I wish that, like, more chefs were involved that way where they're like, I'm going to look at you and then decide what what I have in my fridge and then yeah. make it for you based on just your mood. I, I'd be down for that just to, you know, see what the experience would be like. I've had it before. It's cool. You just show up and then you get random stuff and it's like you get things you wouldn't normally order. So it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to just be like open. I feel like, yeah, if you're a picky eater, you'd hate it. But like, and yeah, I'm not. So I was like, I don't know when I did it, I was, I really liked it. Like, it's just, yeah, you just, yeah. Like you said, uh, Domenico, you can just go and try new things that maybe you wouldn't normally order. Uh, so, so Tonio, uh, he get he observes Okuyasu and, uh, he observes that Okuyasu has diarrhea. Uh, he has, uh, two cavities, his intestinal walls are inflamed and he only had four hours. It's so weird, yeah, wild. Just the fact that he also just points all that out. I mean, does yeah, yeah, he does point that out. Um, mm. And so they end up giving the food. I mean, the food actually sounded really good. Like when he's like describing, the fucking food. good. It made me hungry. It made me hungry, guys. <laughs> I was like, after this, I'm like, fuck. I like go on DoorDash and order some like Italian food right now. But I'm like, I know yeah. it's not gonna be as good. Um, well, he, he, even before they get the food, the water, the, the, the water makes uh, Okuyasu cry so much that his eyes begin to shrivel. Well, let's say, yeah, because it's that pure mineral spring water, I assume. Yeah, it's, like from, like, it's from like Mount Kilimanjaro or something like that. Yeah, I also just appreciate that there's this like Italian chef who does not look Italian at all, by the way. <laughs> there's like no like... You look like, like Swedish like a- or something. Yeah, he's just like a tall, blonde guy. Yeah, Swedish. Like so he looks Nordic. Um, his blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. Plus, I like the Italian accent he had too. It was like, yeah, it sounded like somebody like making fun of it, like or like a Japanese person trying to do an Italian accent. You know what I mean? It wasn't like, yeah, it was. Oh, you watch you watch in J- Japanese? No, I watched it in English. I just oh, found yeah. the accent he was doing was like really funny. It was different. Oh yeah, no, he's 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 going ham on it. Yeah. But again, yeah. Tonio's a character worthy of going. What was Tonio's he's... name again? His last name? Uh, it's Tonio Trusardi. Well, but that's what it was saying in the subtitles. But in the actual show, they were calling it something else. Okay, that's just what I, I see on like, the JoJo wiki. It was like Tonio Trendy or something. I forget. Oh, uh, that would make sense. I noticed that. Like, I had um bits uh, where i needed to put on subtitles even though i was watching like the english dub and like that like what they were writing in the subtitles was completely different from what they were saying in the dub and i was like this is insane <laughs> and no no this was like every line like i watched it for like 10 minutes like this i was like every fucking line is different <laughs> like they didn't no, even you- bother to watch the dub they were just like oh here's the script and we're just gonna write 
Like hundred percent. Yeah, I watched the whole thing with with the Italian subtitles, and it was like there was every sentence was completely different. It was like kind of the same thing, but it was like two stories going on almost. It's like it's not that hard to like, even get a computer program to come in and like listen. I'm saying that in air quotes, listen to like the episode and then you could like come up with subtitles. Like I was like, whoever did subtitles on this for Netflix did a shit the fucking bed. Like I'm gonna get I'm just gonna say that right now. And it sounds like it doesn't matter if it was English, Italian, they're all just bad work across the board. So so here's the thing. I would assume that the subtitles were going off the translation when the when the subs were done in like 2016. They weren't the dub came out like two years after the show. Okay. So they're going they're going for the literal translation, whereas yeah, uh, dub scripts tend to have a lot more fun for one thing. Okay. Well, here's an example. I won't I won't hammer too much into the subtitles, yeah. but before like in the first episode when they're making fun of Joe Turo's haircut, they called it like a called he it's like fugly cowlick or something. Yeah, right? that's what they said. But but then in the Italian one, they called it a King Kong haircut, and then he called it yeah, and then he called it something else. And then the Italian one, they called it a King Kong haircut again. And then the third time they just called it, you called it a dumb shit hairdo in, in Italian. <laughs> in Italian, it was just funny hairdo. That just doesn't like even seem like, like I, you, I feel like the Japanese version must would have had more creative dialogue than what they were putting into these subtitles. Like I'm going to, I have to say that like there's these subtitles, Jack, you didn't used to read them, but they were, they were fucking bad. <laughs> like these, like it's, they're just, I don't know what was going on. Someone was having a bad day, and then no one checked, and they're like, "All right, let's we're gonna move on." Um, so yeah, the, this mineral water, it 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 basically, you know, it, it seemingly fucks up Okuyasu, but of course, then Antonio comes in, and then it's like, nope, uh, actually, Okuyasu is feeling even more refreshed than he was before because again, he only had four hours of sleep, and that's also why the mineral water uh, didn't cause an extreme effect on Josuke. Uh, because again, Tonio Tonio's food is so um, precisely calibrated that it won't it won't affect Josuke if he doesn't need the help. I want to eat at Tonio's restaurant. I want to eat at Tonio's restaurant, man. Yeah, I mean the food. Like obviously, we said it was really great. I mean the whole way. Uh, how do you pronounce the friend's name? Okuyasu. Okuyasu. Yeah, he's like talking about. It. He's like, this is the most delicious like tomato I've ever had. I love that. There's like that whole section where they're like. explaining mozzarella like it's like it's a soft cheese (laughs) like i was like like i you know i was like i feel like most people know what mozzarella is as a cheese (laughs) like you don't you don't have to explain the history of it well Um, you know he's japanese maybe he hasn't been to an italian restaurant i'm gonna make yeah maybe but i mean still like it's a pretty popular uh cuisine but also like Japan's pretty like food forward. Like I got you gotta I gotta make an argument here to say that like Japan has some of the best food in the world. They have a very, you know, great international food scene like that comes there. Um so I have to assume that like they know like Italian food. Like this, this isn't like they're not a third world nation. So the whole I mean I mean, Malcolm, you and I uh you still do improv. I used to do improv. I guess I guess the game of the whole scene, if you will, is basically Okuyasu eats something. Um, it tastes delicious. It then has a freaky adverse effect on him, which causes Josuke to get mad. And then uh, it turns out uh, Okuyasu is actually feeling even better. That's pretty much the entire episode. Yeah, I guess so. Yes. Yeah, but I mean, like, there is the body horse that's so, like, as like he eats this food, he like starts having like the changes happen within him. So like, wh- 
yeah, like for instance, like he has these two cavities, and like he eats the food, and then all of a sudden, um, it's like it's spicy pasta. That's the other thing. It's the spiciest yes. pasta ever. Like at this point where he's like trying to eat it, and he's like, it's so spicy, but I can't. <laughs> I can't stop it. Like I have to put it in my mouth. Like once he takes the first bite, like it's just like going all in. And you know, at the same time, it's like as he consumes it, it's like this is the worst pain I've ever felt. And like he has like uh, his um, infected teeth pop out of his fucking mouth, and then new teeth grow in. But it's like, oh, it's a perfect smile. Like the tooth gets caught in the roof. Like that was the thing that's so funny. Like the bottom tooth, like that has the cavity is like shoots out and just like it's stuck in the roof. And I kind of love that. Well, and his sh- there's also with his shoulder where he's just scratching his shoulder and taking off all the dead skin to the point that it's creating like a softball. <laughs> Josuke just has a softball of uh, Okuyasu's dead skin. Yeah. Well, I certainly you're like, Oh my God, he's like scratching into muscle. And then all of a sudden he like looks, he's like, I've never been so more limber in my life. My shoulder feels great. Okiyasu is also just such a dumb character. He's so he's he, he is the ultimate Joe bro. He he is probably like one of the lowest IQ characters in the series. I could see that. His stand also has like a very overpowered ability, but he never uses it correctly, which basically means he had the potential to be one of the, like the most uh, strongest characters. But because he's such an idiot, he can't act. Yeah, he doesn't get to use it much in these episodes. But his stand can basically like. Uh, go through space and time it, it's almost like kind of like a teleporting thing yeah well for this uh, episode we find out that uh chef tonio has a stand because, which of like, course it's like what a fucking surprise because like yeah which is not surprising at all because like at one point i i think uh uh josuke uh, yeah arjo josuke he um i'm just gonna i mean they're, they're all joes at this point let's call him jojo uh, he's jojo yeah, this our JoJo for this section of the whatever we're doing right now. Um, yeah, he, you know, he he like I guess his what is this? His ability again is to like take things down and make them to back to their like first form or whatever. So he like deconstructs the food, and that's where he discovers like the stand um, that Tony has, which I, according to the Wikipedia was is called Pearl Jam. Yeah, <laughs> stand. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because uh, because Iraqi likes music references. <laughs> Throws in Pearl Jam in there. Nice. There's a lot yeah, of music references. There's a main a main character is called Robert EO Speedwagon, which is uh, we've used as inspiration. Oh, for that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So yeah, our JoJo goes back to the kitchen to be like he's going to confront him. He's obviously thinks you know Chef Tonio is you know doing some nefarious shit, and yeah, he goes and he sees his dog. And, like, Chef Tonio has a knife out. He's got this dog, and the dog's, like, eating this, like, meat. Like, I think it's, like, um, you know, a pork. Um, and, yeah, the dog fucking explodes. Like, it just, like, his, like, head gets big, and, like, it's, like, he's all deformed and shit. And, like, you just get, like, Chef Tonio's, like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, it's just, like, pure evil. Um, yeah, and then it's eventually it starts happening to Okuyasu. He, he just can't uh, stop eating these, like, drumsticks, and eventually, you know, his body also starts like uh, exploding, seemingly, and then and then Tonio, um, you know, Josuke, Josuke is like, "What the fuck is going on?" And Tonio, it looks like Tonio is going to smash Josuke's head with a brick, and yeah. uh, we get yet another switch where it turns out, uh, no, it's not a brick; it's it's a bar of soap. And Tonio is mad at Josuke for coming into the kitchen without washing his hands. He threw a knife at him too, right? 
I don't know if he aimed the knife at, at him in that scene. Was it was it aimed at him? No, I, think I don't remember so. the knife. I, I do remember the knife, yeah, because it's like again, it's one of those things where you like he like I think he like throws the knife under like a like a to like one of like a cutting board or something, and then like it's like wash your hands, like how dare you? And then do we see the dog again? I do think we see the dog. Yeah, and the dog is fine. He he wanted to give the the food to the dog to make sure the food was okay. And then you know Okuyasu, it turns out uh, his intestinal failures are now gone. Yeah, he's more healthy than he's ever been. Uh, and it turns yeah. out Tonio's a good guy, as we yeah. should have expected. Like all, you know, like a good, you know, he's a good Italian man. He's just, uh, but Josuke, Josuke gets punished because Josuke uh, has made a mess, so he has to clean the kitchen. Which is also, I feel bad for Josuke in that moment because he's like trying to protect his friend. He's worried about evil, and he doesn't even get a meal. Like he's like he doesn't get anything. Like because there's that one point. Um, I'm just gonna call him Oak uh, Okio. So he. Um, you know, he like won't share his food as well. He's like, and I, he's like, it's like I, you know, even if, what was the line? There's the line where it's like, uh, even if this was the last food on earth, and I knew you were starving to death, I wouldn't give you this because it's so delicious. <laughs> yeah, that was funny too because he was having uh, insalata caprese, which is just like caprese salad in Italian. That's what the that's what the chef called it. And then he's like, get your own, and he just like made it. He's like isala canici or whatever. Like he just made up his own name for it. Of course, because he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't know Italian. Um, um, poor, poor Josuke. Poor Josuke. He was trying to do a good thing. He doesn't even get to eat meal. But you know what? At least now we know that Antonio uh, Antonio is a good man. And then, like, it basically the end of episode ends. Yeah, there, there's a bit of plot stuff, but it's not relevant to you guys because uh, because I skipped those episodes. Um, although I will say the the villain for um, the episodes that come after the Tonio thing, uh, the villain is Red Hot Chili Pepper. So. um but no instead we get uh so the the villain the villain if you want to call him that because again diamond is unbreakable is a lot more generous uh to its kind of a stand antagonist in this next one is a manga author and you know this 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 is one of the episodes i always tell people about jojo about why jojo is so awesome because you know it's such a funny thing to actually have like a manga author in a fucking manga or anime, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, these two episodes are called Let's Go to the Manga Artist's House, Part 1 and 2. <laughs> yes. And it, it's, you know, it, this character... Um, so Araki has denied that um, the manga artist, uh, Rohan, is uh, is similar to him. But it still feels very much like a self-insert character, especially considering how... Just how Rohan is portrayed. I thought he was portrayed pretty negatively. He's portrayed a lot better in his subsequent appearances, I'll say. Rohan almost becomes like a co-protagonist in Diamond is Unbreakable by the end. I mean, part of it is that, like, Rohan is supposed to be this, like, sort of, like, prodigy in that he's, like, 22 or something. And he's already, like, a world-famous manga artist for his work on Pink Dark Boy. I I love the titles they come up with. I love the titles they come up with. Pink Dark Boy actually sounds like... A like anime that we would cover on this podcast. Yeah. So uh, Koichi and this other character there, who and the other character Koichi is talking to was also a previous antagonist in a in an episode of Diamond is Unbreakable. Um, they're they're now on kind of friendlier terms, and they're both turns out they're both huge fans of Pink Dark Boy. So you know, because yeah, I didn't know who that character was, I was like, who the hell is this character? Because they're also like kind of like animated differently in these two episodes. Like then it's not like the same animation or like the same character design as like early episodes. 
Am I wrong okay. about that? Did I like? Am I you're you're my probably mind? more you're probably more observant than me. I mean, you know, different animators work on different episodes, so there's, there was well, usually there's a consistency there. Uh, but I was because like this one takes liberties with like how like this one's like very like forward in terms of like how um i yeah i guess like how it does animation like this one like took like a bunch of swings that i really liked because this is like definitely more meta so i i felt like oh was that part of this too where it's like because i didn't realize it until you mentioned it that rohan continues being a character after these two episodes i just sort of assumed that he like is done <laughs> but i guess not they didn't kill him not only that, Rohan, and this is this might be a tease for future future things we cover. Rohan is actually the subject of a four episode uh, Netflix miniseries, so that's how popular a character he became. People actually like Rohan. Uh, he he he, was, he gets better. He gets better in subsequent he was episodes. By far, my least favorite character <laughs> in the entire thing. And I thought he was a, I thought he was a pedophile. For just being honest, he like invites these two little kids into his house. And he won't let him leave. Like, yeah, I got bad vibes from Rohan. I, I will say this. The voice actor who voices him in these episodes, uh, Vic Mignana, is no longer uh, a working voice actor due to sexual harassment shit. There you go. <laughs> when there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is like, this is disgraced voice actors, Vic Mignana. This is one of his last major voice acting gigs, actually. Thankfully, they recasted him in the Rohan uh, Netflix series. Rohan has his own show? Yeah, he has his own show. He's got numerous um, manga, manga spinoffs. Um, he has like two other spe- animated specials. Yeah, he's got four episode uh, Netflix miniseries, which is very, very interesting. It's They're all like one-off stories that Rohan is telling various characters. Would never have guessed that. Would never have thought of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, you didn't watch the, the whole the whole season of Diamond is Unbreakable. Where, no, Rohan no, gets no. some development. Um, no, he's he's, again... He's he's a stylish dude. He he becomes a bit nicer to characters. Um, that and you know that's kind of that's kind of the general vibe of Diamond is Unbreakable. Is general a lot a lot of the antagonists in this show get get a bit more redemption, which is kind of nice. That's good. I I do like that. Like that's the one thing I've always hated about like if you watch something like a procedural show is that sometimes they'll like come up with a character that's actually like pretty awesome. And you're like, fuck, bring this person back. And then they only ever show up in like that one or two episodes. I'm just like, oh man, it'd be great. I mean, there's exceptions where it's like, like the big, for me, like a character that I was, I've always loved is like in the Simpsons is Hank Scorpio. But he only ever appears in that one episode. But I feel like he wouldn't be as memorable if they like had kept bringing Hank Scorpio back. But I don't know. The, it's a fine line. You know, I'm surprised they haven't brought back Hank Scorpio because you could almost feel like the ratings for that episode would be, would be amazing, but um, they have somehow shown restraint. Although I do remember reading a Simpsons comic that featured Hank Scorpio. So, yeah, they were they were able to do that. So, yeah, but Rohan is no Hank Scorpio. No, he's... Uh, <laughs> in, in these episodes, he's a, he's a creepy dude who uh, who kidnaps two children... And um, uses his mysterious powers uh, so that he can get manga ideas. Well, I don't know if he kidnaps them. Like, I feel like... Uh, Oh, by legal definition, that's definitely kidnap. (laughs) I was going to say he lures them in like... Like a fairy. Like, he's like uh, the witch in... um, uh, what's that uh, one? What's that fairy tale that's Hansel about? Like, or some shit? Yeah, it's a that's Hansel like... and Gretel. Like I feel like he's the witch in Hansel and Gretel in this scenario. 
By definition, though, if you won't let somebody leave your place, you kidnap them. Yeah, and they if are you, kids, so they and they. Yeah. yeah. And he literally uses his magic powers to not let him leave. Um, so, so anyways, um, Rohan, he, he's, he's a very uh, prolific manga artist because, you know, they, there, there's some kind of meta commentary on like the manga artist uh, schedule because, you know, you're, you know, you come up with a new issue every week. You must work seven days a week. And he's like, no, I actually do it just in four. And then I use the remainder of my week to, you know, travel and observe. And he also he also has a fax machine that gets his manuscript done in just four hours. Yeah, that's when you know this was in the nineties. I was like, oh yeah, fax machines. He's also drawing on paper and not on like um uh like a tablet. I forget. Yeah, there's like a very specific tablet that like artists yeah, use nowadays. Artists. You know what? Maybe maybe even in the modern day, Rohan would still do the old school way just because he's that hardcore. Maybe who knows? I mean, he's he's kind of a more modern guy. It felt like like I'm surprised he didn't have more rings on his hand or on his fingers. Like if he was a Gen C artist right now or a Gen Z artist, like he'd be you know his fingernails would be painted. He'd have a bunch of like you know uh, rings. You know his and his pants would be so so wide. Yes. So so one of the, one of the red flags the boys get is when Rohan uh, picks up a spider. And he like puts his like pen into the spider's abdomen and starts torturing it, and then he even like licks it because he's like, "Yes, that's how I I need to completely understand how this creature works in order for me to uh, draw it in my story." Yeah, I don't like. I didn't like the licking. I'm not. I can't. I mean, that. But you know what? If you don't like it, that's that's what Iraqi is trying to do. He's trying to trying to give you a reaction. Yeah, I mean, like in terms of like. I, it's a good like reaction and it's but i think like and i've done that in like comedy shows where i like i've stuck my tongue out and people go like oh god we're going there um but it was just it's one of those things where you're just like oh yeah this is like between the kidnapping and that you're like you're like i almost wanted a smash cut to like uh, like him in court and like a judge just reading out all the like the crimes he's committed <laughs> like Crimes he's committed. Um, well, anyways, the boys commit a crime, though, because they look at his manuscript while Rohan is gone for a minute. That's not a crime. <laughs> yeah, that's not a crime. <laughs> I love, yeah, uh, Domingo, I love that you just were like, Jack, I'm going to call you out on your bullshit right there. <laughs> you could say it was like an unkind action or something, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, and they got what they deserved because they looked at the manuscript. They looked at the manuscript and he kidnapped them and he ripped pieces out of their insides and like held them prison. Yeah, you get so what you that, that's the big reveal. Rohan, of course, is a stand user, and by looking at the manuscript, Rohan uses his powers. Uh, the, the stand is called Heaven's Door, and it allows him to open their bodies like a book and read all of their secrets. I think that's a really fucking cool stand power, personally, guys. I don't know about you. That's like that's like one of those like all timers. Visually, it looks super like interesting. It's like pretty like again that horrific, but like this all the stands have like this like body horror element to them. This one's like the most like of the episodes we watched, where it's like yeah, like they become kind of like black and white with like the text and like your finger is like open and that's really like a little book and their like faces are kind of opened like a book and like you see like the text and stuff and like you could rip pages out of it it's like i don't know visually i loved it like it's an amazing it's a amazing visual yeah and it yeah it lets him read his secrets and that's the thing rohan needs ideas for his manga so he uses his stand power to open open these boys up 
and read their secrets because it turns out Koichi has lived quite the life. So uh, Rohan becomes obsessed with that and he's like, all right, I'm going to come up with uh, tons of stories thanks to you. Yeah, but why couldn't he just copy them, like write them all down? Why did he have to like rip them out of them? Yeah, that's the other thing. Well, I guess he doesn't have like a camera phone either. Camera phones. Uh, this that's how you know it's based in the nineties because he didn't scan it. And he just physically ripped the page. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if, if this was like twenty twenty, yeah, Rohan could have just like he could have flipped through each page, taken a taken a little pic, and be like, "All right, cool, I'll look at it later." I mean, there there was a missing like even like in the nineties, there were scanners. Like it would have been hilarious just to see Rohan like take like his head and just like fucking shove it into a scanner and then put that like the top of that you know those old school scanners and just like bang it onto his head and it's like another one and then you just see it like the pages come out that would that could have been pretty funny and they missed that opportunity so koichi he does try to fight back of course i i skipped the episodes where koichi uh obtained a stand you know i guess you i mean Malcolm, you could assume that every character, every major character in the show gets a stand at some point. So wait, do you, so I guess it's the thing. I thought you were just born with a stand. So how do you, do you acquire them like Pokemon or something? No, some stands can be like forced. Um, Koichi actually gets stabbed by a stand arrow, which, which gives him the power of the stand. Um, and a lot of characters, there's a stand arrow that is used a lot in Diamond is Unbreakable, which kind of explains uh, that. They, they even fight a rat. A rat gets a stand at one point. It's actually a very good episode. The rules, there there are no rules to this. Everyone have a stand, essentially. Like, if you don't have a stand, are you kind of a pleb, or is that like... Well, and the thing, too, is if you don't have a stand, you can't see the stand powers. That's the other thing. So yeah. You're... How how common are stands, is my question. Cause... Uh, well, considering every every um, Pretty much every character we saw, points, yeah. Every episode features a stand battle. There are, there are no episodes that don't feature stand battles, and uh, there's there's a lot of JoJo, so seems yes. seems a good. Everyone in this world has a stand, essentially. Yeah, every every everyone that our character. Well, the other thing too, though, is they say stand users are drawn to each other. So that's the other. Thing. Ah, that's right. I remember so that. They're drawn to each other. So that's why yeah, they I just. Would so say, I would assume at least twenty five percent of the world's population have stands. I, you know, that's what I'm going to assume. I don't know if that's true or not. I. You know, you know, maybe it's it's probably not like super high. I don't. I wouldn't say it's a hundred percent. I'm sure there's kids in playgrounds in this world that get bullied for not having stands. It's like, look at Toby. He doesn't have a stand. He's a fucking loser. And then, like, you know, they just you know kick his little like you know his lunch pail or whatever. Um, Even if what uh, what what would I suck at math? If if one percent of the population had stands, how many people would that be? What population of seven billion people? So that would be like what? Seven, like seven, seven million? No. Seventy million? Se- uh, yeah, million. seventy or seven hundred million? No, se- no, well, I think seven hundred would be ten percent. We all don't know math. Uh, would be, I, think uh, seven, I think it's seventy million. Seventy, 70 million, million, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Makes so that's seventy million stand users. So that, that that's enough to uh, well, for one thing, that's twice the size of Canada. So. Everyone in Canada and California combined have stands and then, you know, add a couple of million from, you know, other. And they all, if if they all get drawn to each other, couldn't they like form their own nation and basically just take over? Because they've got fucking superpowers. Maybe. I mean, I I guess so. Like, I'm surprised there isn't a whole like military industrial complex angle to the story um, (laughs) where, you know, where, you know, they get kidnapped by, you know, the president. 
and then are forced to fight stands in the Middle East or something. That that that's Michael Bay's JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for the pompadours would be immediately removed for like. You, you the, the Pompadour would appear for one second and there would be a quick joke and they're like, okay, and it gets cut off. Somewhere. It'd be like an Elvis oh impersonator and he's got the Pompadour and he's singing and then like you find out it's a wig and he's actually a bald loser and then they're just like, yeah. fuck you! And then like, you know, and then the military choppers come in, you know, and you hear like, buff, you know, whatever, you know, some song, like probably Buffalo Springfield. It's like, like, you know, that song. So, uh, so back to where we were. Um, Koichi, he tries to use a stand to attack uh, Rohan, but it keeps missing. And why is that? It's because Rohan wrote in Koichi's Book of Life that uh, his attacks couldn't hit uh, Rohan. So again, Rohan's power has a lot of uses. That's the fun thing about JoJo. All these char- the, the fun part of a JoJo fight is just finding out like how, how this fight is going to escalate and what the rules are of every person's stand. You know? Oh, for sure. Yeah, because like this one, it's like you know, it could be more. You know, you think this is going to get into more. Well, it is a pretty nefarious thing, but but it could have been more nefarious. It could have been you know led to a you know a Jeffrey Dahmer situation. Well, yeah. So he, he starts like taking pages from Koichi, and then it just cuts to uh, him saying goodbye to them, and be like, "Okay, bye, bye, Rohan. Thanks for the autograph." And, yeah, uh, like go to his house because they want the autograph because they're big fans of Pink Dark Boy. And then, yeah, he comes back home and he notices uh, he's somehow 20 pounds lighter. He looks. Yeah. The dream. Um. (laughs) (laughs) The dream. Malcolm is going to look for uh, for Rohan. Same with me here, too. I wish Rohan could. What a loss. (laughs) What a loss. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm 20 pounds lighter. Um, But I guess Koichi's really fucking tiny, so he's basically just like. He's he's, he's, just getting bones. Yeah. Um, so again, Koichi, he finds himself at Rohan's house again, which, which leads into part two, um, with Josuke and Okuyasu, uh, te- uh, tagging behind him. And, um, yeah, so, so Rohan is, Rohan has kidnapped Koichi at this point. He, he needs, uh, to keep going through Koichi's life to get more ideas, which is, is that plagiarism? Is that plagiarism if he uses his book of life to just make manga stories? Probably like it's it's definitely like on the verge of it because yeah he's he's stealing it but it's like not like another yeah yeah I'd say it's pl- basically plagiarism. It's not like written down, but it could be like like maybe like well not copyright, but uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, it's that thing of like you know how like a lot of movies and like books and stuff they're like this is not based on real events, this is not based on a real story. Like I feel like it's in violation of whatever that law is, <laughs> where it's like is that intellectual property. I don't even know. Yeah, I guess it would be it's like yeah, else's story. Yeah, he's uh, he's committing intellectual property fraud. That's the that's what he's really doing. <laughs> and then you take that in front of a judge. And like, yeah, we're less concerned about that and more concerned about the kidnapping. But yeah, that's one of the list of like items when it's like, mash cuts to the the court. It's like kidnapping, uh, aggravated assault. Um, you know, of intellectual property theft. <laughs> um, so, so we get a fun little game here where um, Koichi, he's trying to escape, uh, and he sees that uh, Josuke and Okuyasu are outside, but Rohan has written it into Koichi's, like, uh, book or whatever, that he won't be able to remember anything if he leaves the house. So every time Koichi is opening the door and talking to Josuke, 
he's like, oh, everything's okay, guys. And then it goes back to him and he closes the door and all of a sudden he's terrified again. Yeah, everything's not okay. They just go to that house and how how old is he, Koichi? I think he's like 15 or something. 15, 16. Oh, I thought he was younger than that. Even still, it's like, yeah, you're just hanging out in some like adult house that's a stranger when you should be at school. And he's like, oh, no, it's fine. See you later. And then closes the door. Yeah, well, it's like the thing where, I mean, the only good thing is that Rohan is supposed to be like he's supposed to be twenty, so you're like you can kind of get away with it, but it's definitely a like on that thing where you know that it scripts that line. It's a thing where you like you look back on it when you're like when I was younger and I would have like you know you're fifteen or something you hung hang out with a twenty year old you're like I'm so like I'm so smart you know I'm I'm so mature like it's so great and then like I look back on it you know now in my late twenties and I'm just like what the fuck was I doing <laughs> like what and why would that person want to hang out with a fifteen year old. You're also, yeah, you look at the 20-year-old, it's like, what what loser wants to hang out with a 15-year-old? Outside of, like, immediate family or, like, you know. Oh, yeah, exactly. Something I like mean, that. Yeah. Like, my cousin, I'd hang out with him if he was 15. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, um, I mean, I mean, I also did, in fairness to Rohan, it was, you know, they did come to him initially for the art, autograph. And at least he was being nice and just didn't, like, slam the door on his face. And it turns out Rohan's, like, a J.D. Salinger type. <laughs> So anyways, Okuyasu, um, he, he does realize that something's going on and Okuyasu manages to, to barge in. But uh, unfortunately, uh, he gets taken down by Rohan pretty quickly. Uh, he gets turned into a book. And then on top of it, um, Rohan writes in it that like o- Okuyasu will light himself on fire. Oh, man. Ro- Rohan's not a good guy in this one. No, hey, you were it, defending him twenty minutes ago. Like, oh, he comes there. He's not. I've been saying this from the get go. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> he's probably a pedophile. He's lighting people on fire. He gets a redemption arc. Somehow he has a spinoff series that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> um, so it's all up to Josuke to do this. Uh, and Rohan, Rohan, uh, he gets fucking cocky. Um, so Josuke, he's like trying to cover his eyes not to read the book. But then Rohan Rohan pushes it, his luck because he dares to insult uh, Josuke's hair. And this is probably the most satisfying beatdown we've seen in these episodes. The moment where Rohan realizes he fucked up is pretty priceless. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's a, it, yeah, it's a nice sort of like, yeah, this guy's getting what he deserves. Um, although then, although later on, it seems like based on yeah, the fact that yeah, as you think about it, Rohan is a big piece of shit. <laughs> and like the fact that he gets a spinoff show, it's like, hey, all you have to do is get your ass kicked in your creepy house, and then we'll uh, we'll make you a main character, and you'll get your own show. Malcolm, when, when we finally do return to Dragon Ball, wait till you hear about Vegeta. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll there, fucking there's... kill Vegeta. I'm gonna, <laughs> no. Listen, um, listen. Rohan being creepy is nowhere nearly as bad as as the many anime redemptions of characters who literally commit genocide. Yeah, I guess. That's just how it is. You know, if you get beaten up, you can become a good guy. Um, But I do love the moment where, like, uh, Rohan does say he's like, okay, I win. And then uh, Josuke pushes through it and, again, just beats the living shit out of him. There's also, like, then, like, the whole, like, flashback about the hair which i kind of liked because i you know because there's that definitely thing of like why does he have this hair or like for a 15 year old he should be like running away from this hairstyle and i you know that that whole story about like you know being uh caught in the snowstorm um i guess is also the the whole time this like takes pair like uh 
that story is in parallel to what's going on in Star, uh, what is it, Stardust Crusaders. Because they make that bit, they bring that up. They're like, and this is all happening when Star uh, Dust Crusaders is going on. <laughs> They're not subtle yeah. about that. So, like Josuke, yeah, a little Josuke, he had fallen ill, and this person with a pompadour um, managed to rescue them in a blizzard. And here's the thing: a lot of fans assumed that this would lead, this would become a time travel story. They thought that at some point, um, Josuke would travel back in time and basically help his younger self and inspire him. And um, uh, I guess Araki forgot about this plot development because it is never brought up subsequently. You ever find out who the guy with the pompadour is? Nope. It's never why brought he's up in a, a snowstorm by himself. Yeah. Why is there this random guy with a pompadour helping them out? Uh, not also, he doesn't a... speak. Like, I love that they went with that. Um... This is also the part where I was I had the subtitles on. Uh, it was because, like, they didn't show, like, what the... Because it's in Japanese. They didn't show, like, what the title cards were. And that was, like, one thing where I was like, what? Why are they using, like, a silent movie, like, style... <laughs> Uh, title cards uh, to like to do this part because I guess he this guy doesn't speak and so I'm shocked that they, we never find out who it is like I was kind of under the assumption that maybe this would be some sort of version of Dio uh, but I guess not because yeah, I guess it, Dio is getting his ass handed to him in Egypt at that point Dio was in Egypt and why would Dio help people. Dio, Dio is the last guy who's going to help people. I don't know. Just to, to give you that twist, you're like, and it, Dio helped him so he could kill him later because Dio doesn't want uh, our, this JoJo to die of, you know, fucking uh, beaver fever or whatever. Well, Dio, Dio is already dead, dead, dead. Dio, Dio does not come back. Dio, once Jotaro kills Dio, Dio is gone. But his son's, his son's a pretty chill dude. Um, well, he's also an illegitimate one, so I guess that's the other thing. Oh, yeah, Anyways, everyone's um, illegitimate at a certain point, it seems. <laughs> um, so yeah, we get this flashback, uh, this flashback that you think is going to lead up to something later on in the show and then doesn't. Um, but then I, I love the closing because uh, it cuts to uh, the narrator saying that, that Pink Dark Boy uh, has been on a one is on a one month hiatus for personal reasons. Does he continue writing Pink Dark Boy? I mean, I guess he does, yeah. Cause he comes I'm sure it's, it's just yeah. a one-month hiatus. He, he probably could Yeah, use it. I mean, I, I assume because they said one-month hiatus, it, it come, it's coming back. Because also, all these animes never end, right? Like, I mean, are these mangas, like, they... Like, especially something that's, like, that self-referential. Like, it's, you know, probably, you know, Pink Dark Boy is something that, you know, he'll probably write until his 70s. Just, just like JoJo, uh, who, and like, who knows? Maybe, maybe even part nine might not be the end of it. Yeah, he, again, I think he's going to write this show until he's dead. How long has it been going for again? It's been going for since the late '80s. That is crazy. Yeah, well, because the anime adaptation came quite late. That's the whole thing. Mm, the yeah, come until you know. Uh, but yeah, no, the yeah, 1987. JoJo's been going on since 1987, but um, around the mid 2000s it switched to a monthly schedule. So that you know that did slow things down. So he's not he's not doing like a chapter a week at least. Was he doing that weekly? I mean, yeah, the all, Shonen Shonen Jump series are weekly, Malcolm. Well, how many like how many pages are is that like weekly? Like uh, about 15, 15 to eighteen. Oh shit! Oh, that's a lot. Yeah. That's quite the obligation. 
that's why a lot of them die young too, man. Like, uh, look at the guy who did Berserk who died in his fifties. I mean, fuck, man, it's a uh, they're they're workhorses. Uh, so it's a grind. The the author of One Piece had to be uh, convinced by like editors to like finally like take like weeks off. Like now he does like three chapters uh, every month basically. So he takes like one week off uh, every couple weeks. But yeah, now you, you it's, it's it's a tough industry. They they don't sleep a lot, you know. Got they do get assistance, of course, but yeah, it's 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 a grind. But you know, they provide us uh, with some very wacky stories. Um, let let's get into it. I guess it's about time for our favorite segment. Because uh, I guess I don't know if you guys have any more thoughts on uh th- this one. I mean, this was visually, like I said, this was the most interesting. Like I loved the, um, you know, how they did the book sort of animation for when like the stand, like Heaven's Door, which I assume is the reference to the Bob Dylan song, like not, uh, yeah, not, not sure. Heaven's Door. Um, although I feel like there's a, a missed opportunity to like make a Doors reference, like the Jim, you know, that the legendary band fronted by Jim Morrison. But who knows? Maybe that was already referenced. Uh, previously, I've only seen a handful of these episodes, especially of this season. Um, but yeah, and also like there, you know, there's some moments where you know when they do like the art of from the manga, like it's just like the pencils and stuff. You know, does it kind of looked like actual manga art? So I did like that too. Like I liked it, those kind of risks, or even like the title cards for that mysterious man in the flashback in the second part. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like these, these are like. Some of these don't make sense. Like those title cards didn't make sense. But then I discovered through that, because I put on subtitles and watched the rest of the episode, that the subtitles uh, for this fucking suck. So <laughs> let's go on to the... Uh... Let's, let's do our favorite segment. So this is the segment uh, we call the Speedwagon. Uh, cue the music, Sasha. Speedwagon, Speedwagon, Speedwagon. Speedwagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So, for those just joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite uh, supporting character of these episodes that we watched. Um, Malcolm, do you have a Speedwagon? I think I'm kind of going to change mine. Um, yeah, I do. I, I do. Uh, it's Chef Tonio. It's got to be Chef Tonio. I love Chef Tonio. I thought, I mean, just like everything about just like a jacked, blonde haired, blued eye Italian guy with just like a most random uh, Italian accent that doesn't quite make sense. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it kind of, you know, I, I am part Italian as well but i'm not that italian i'm like a like a fourth a half but um even though my you know i don't have an italian name <laughs> i have a scottish name for whatever reason um i don't know i kind of relate to that part of it but yeah i don't know just like i love the misdirect of the fact that like you think chef tonio is this bad guy but really he's actually a, just a really nice man who uses his stand for good he like makes great italian food and he heals people in the process <laughs> I think I got. I think I got to agree with you. I was gonna make my speedwagon Rohan, but I, I was basing it too much on what Rohan becomes later on. So, Rohan, you've been disqualified. In, in retrospect, you were very much a creepy, creepy, weird. I can't even believe you were considering Rohan. That's crazy. <laughs> That's wild. I, I, was, I was. I was basing it again. I was. I. I. 
I was breaking the rules because I'm not supposed to pick the character based on their appearances later on. It's only during the mm-hmm. Okay. So that that's a violation of the rules. So I think it's got to be Tonio. Again, yeah, he's a fun character. He subverts the rules of what you're expecting these episodes to be. I think, again, it's just a fun, clever, clever bit of misdirection. I like I like the JoJo episodes that are standalone. Like, you know, there is like this whole... Obviously, as the season goes on, the the plot with the serial killer uh, continues. And a lot of people actually really love this antagonist in part four. He's considered one of the best antagonists in the series, actually. Um, but you don't get to see him because I didn't pick the episodes he was in. <laughs> so, so Tonio it is. He's, he's a fun character. He means well. Um, I got really hungry watching... Well, I mean, I was kind of like cursing you there when you said Tonio because I was going to pick Tonio, obviously. And then, but, but yeah, and now that Jack picked it, I feel like I can pick it now. So unanimously, Tonio, absolutely. He was fun. Uh, authentically Italian, too. He was speaking Italian to the guys there. I thought that was, uh, was kind of funny because he would like, wasn't saying a lot. We'd say the odd word to them and like clearly have no idea what he's saying. He's just talking to himself. But yeah, I liked uh, Tonio. Good guy. Yeah, real good guy. Good, good Italian. Good, good hardworking Italian man. He has a close relationship with the food he makes. He wants to bring pleasure to people's life. Yeah, Tonio unanimously. Final thoughts on Diamond is Unbreakable. That was fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can't believe. It. I mean, I enjoyed that. Like that was uh, that was fun. It was a lot of different stuff. I mean, never really seen an anime like that. I kind of get why you've been talking about it so much all these years. Kind of don't. I'm not really sure. It's, uh, I don't know, it was decent. Isn't that, isn't that what JoJo's all about? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I know you like really like wacky things. Like, if something's like over the top ridiculous, you seem to enjoy it more. So that's probably part of it too. And like, I'd imagine, I mean, the other seasons sound like they're just as absurd. They are. Is, they are. Yeah, so it's just absurdity across the board. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah, I'm going to say, like, this is, uh, in my opinion, the best of the, like, set, like uh, episodes we've watched of the, like, the three, this is of the three episodes we've now done on this podcast about JoJo. I I really enjoyed these episodes. I didn't enjoy the first two episodes. I thought they were pretty weak sauce. But, I like those, but yeah. Anyways. But I don't know. I like that. Like, I mean, I love this let's go eat some Italian food episode. I mean, that was just like, it's kind of like the most absurd bottle episode I've ever seen in my life. Like, for, you know, for those who don't know, bottle episodes are like television shows where they like set um, an episode in like one location. And like, I feel like that's, it's up there with like the community body, uh, sorry, the community bottle episodes that they did. Like this one, it was just super wacky and weird. And I don't know. I really love the am- animation of the uh, the manga house episodes, even though yeah, Rohani is a pretty fucked character. <laughs> uh, I do agree with it. And like, I don't know. The oh, the thing that makes this so wild is that the show that we covered the first time we did this, and then even the show we covered the second time we did it, are two different shows. Like, it's they have the same name, obviously, uh, except for like, oh, this season's called Diamond Is Unbreakable, but they I feel like totally different shows and like i did not really enjoy jojo the first time we watched it and i was a Mm. little like the second time we've covered it i was also on the fence more i was like "Ah, why do like all these people around me who watch anime like really love this and like i don't know if i love this show like i'm not gonna be like oh man i'm i'm now gonna watch all of jojo but i don't know this was it got was getting better like this one i was like okay i i'm I kind of get a little bit more. I mean, I you know, 
but I also don't know what I was missing and like you know there's some weird shit and like I still don't really understand the stand thing and all that stuff but I don't know these one offs were fun I mean that's the thing about Jojo and that that's when when people when you when I talk about it, I'm like yeah every arc is different I'm I'm really meaning that the the arc after this is about Italian gangsters <laughs> and then the one after that is about a girl uh Jojo's uh daughter trapped in a prison and then the one after that is uh, set in an alternate universe about Jonathan Joestar riding in a, in a massive horse race across America, and the villain is the president of the United States, and his name is Funny Valentine, and he's trying to obtain the seven body parts of Christ. <laughs> Again, man, this is this shit just escalates. You just love it, eh? I just lo- it's so fucking <laughs> silly and dumb and doesn't make a lot of sense. Not at all. Malcolm, have you ever seen Jack get drunk and talk JoJo? Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, it just, it just well, always comes least, up now, when he's drunk. Now at least Malcolm has a frame of reference. Now he knows. Now he has, like kind of kind of gets it somewhat. And you know, we'll we'll go to we'll tackle subsequent parts as as they come out. Ah, uh, you know, engineer our editor, our lovely editor Sasha, obviously has shoddied uh, Golden Wind. Yeah, it's a st- available or just what's on Netflix. Golden Wind aired a couple of years ago. It's not on Netflix yet. Um, hopefully, it will be uh, soon because uh, they're airing part six, and that would be really fucking weird to not have part five. But yeah, that that that's in Netflix's courts. But yeah, okay. it's it's interesting. The the rise of JoJo has been very interesting because again, it's been around since the eighties. Um, there weren't really uh, there wasn't really a long running adaptation until you know the early two thousand early twenty tens. So, you know, it's it's been a long road, but JoJo's finally gained some, you know, recognition. Yeah, I saw Billie Eilish wore a JoJo shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's fashionable. And, dude, yeah. there, was, there was a JoJo exhibit at the Louvre. Like, that's the really? thing, man. Yeah. What? Gucci is like, there's like Gucci collaborations and stuff. Like, I mean, I feel like Gucci and those like high-end brands like uh are all like kind of hopping on like the anime uh bandwick i've noticed that more where it's like you get like you know gucci like um you know dragon ball z gear uh that's you know you know you spend two thousand dollars on a fucking hoodie that has like you know goku on it there's actually a one-shot manga called rohan at the louvre so that's what (laughs) yeah god damn it (laughs) oh come on all right and listen, we we love covering JoJo. We we will cover the the Rohan miniseries. Um, we'll we'll see oh, how you God. find. Well, it's, it it you know there's only four of them, so it leans well into you know fair access. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's it. Yeah, I love JoJo. JoJo's fun. There's going to be more JoJo we cover on this podcast. It's a silly fucking series. You like wacky shit that doesn't make a lot of sense, but you know certainly you know there there's no other anime like it. Really, I don't think there's any anime that come close to the level of the, the fact that the fights become basically puzzles again is what makes Jojo so fun. Cause it's not just like, you know, who's got the strongest ability. It's like, Oh, there's all these rules and you're trying to figure that out. And again, it, it's, it's more interesting than just a bunch of dudes punching each other really hard. It's true. Like, yeah. It's not Dragon Ball Z smash smash. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that I did basically forget everything and start to go dust crusaders that we covered a lot when I watched this. What's there to remember really? It's a new arc. 
I think that's it. Um, all right. Uh, time for plugs. Domenico, you're a private citizen, so you're not going to plug yourself. I'm not plugging anything. Don't follow me on Instagram. Don't send me a Facebook friend request. I will not respond. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Jack is Jack on Twitter. I haven't gotten into any fights on Twitter lately. I guess my mental health is uh, getting better. So that's nice. <laughs> now on Instagram, you can see pictures of my cat. Actually, the only thing I post, like just recently, I guess this will be like four months from now, but I did... I did watch the Fortnite Martin Luther King ex- exhibit, so you might see some tweets um, where where I was in Fortnite as Master Chief, and uh, you know they didn't let you kneel. They didn't give me the kneel emote. I had to sit, which you know. Well, you were playing Mar- what? You were playing Fortnite as Master Chief? What? I was playing Fortnite as Master Chief in the Martin Luther King Jr. exhibit that was sponsored by Time Magazine. Everything you've just said right now is absolutely <laughs> crazy. Like, I, like, like, what are you? What are you talking about? <laughs> You're playing it's Fortnite in uh, as Master Chief in the Martin Luther King exhibit, as sponsored by Times Magazine. That's yeah, insanity. What are you just? You better have that as a pin, please. That better be pinned. Like you better keep that going. Like that's oh my god. Uh, I guess you know. I hope they keep it for the next four months or however. They better not delete that. Oh my god. Yeah, no. I, I Master Chief was watching. I have a dream, and he was next to Rick from Rick and Morty because, of course, there was a Rick uh, character in our Fortnite. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> next to a Rick. Oh my god. Oh, what? Are you just saying uh, words? That's, I like that's I how mean, part of the plug that you have is you just said that. I'm going to text this to Malcolm right now so you can see that it's real. Oh, my god. oh, oh I, god damn it. Uh, this is what yeah we Malcolm where can people where can people find you Malcolm oh sorry I didn't give a second there I was laughing too hard um um oh yeah you can find me uh on Instagram at Malcolm RJ McLeod I'm also on Twitter at Malcolm RJ McLeod uh, I'm not very active on Twitter but based on what Jack just said I may have to find a way to reactivate that account you know uh you can find us uh the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at is this anime pod. Uh, please, if you get a chance, uh, leave us some stars on Apple. If you've listened to, to this on Apple, uh, tell your friends about this podcast uh, really uh, helps, you know, to, you know, a small podcast like us really, you know, benefits from word of mouth. So yeah, if you're listening to this and you enjoyed this, tell a friend who likes anime or not. I mean, that's the whole sort of journey of this podcast is it's, you know, good for people who are anime you know, fin, uh, fans or people who have no idea what anime is. Uh, it's, you know, best of both worlds. And uh, before we go, uh, do you want to uh, tease what we're doing next week, Jack? I assume it's we're going back to Cowboy Bebop, but which episodes? We are. We're, we're continuing our Cowboy Bebop miniseries. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, again, it's a great show. So we're going to do episodes 11 to 15. Um, Malcolm, check your check your phone. Did you see the Master Chief uh, Master Chief with Rick watching the MLK speech? Oh my! What the fuck? What about it? What the look at it. I texted you. Just look at it. No, I no, see I'm looking reaction. at it, and I'm, it's still more puzzling than I've ever seen. It. You're sitting on chairs in a pool. Like, come on. <laughs> well, it's the Lincoln Memorial. Oh, you're in the Lincoln Memorial. That does, that doesn't make it any less weird. <laughs> it's all in. 
It's all in Fortnite. Oh my god! And, and there's also and there's also a sit-in. There's also a sit-in photo where you could where you can like. But like, I was I was bummed. I told this to Domenico. It doesn't actually let me sit in the diner because I wanted to be Master Chief and do a sit-in. <laughs> Come on! If this is our culture. This is our culture now, guys. This is our culture. Oh my god! This is our culture. This is uh, this is our meltdown. This is this is how I know I'm getting older. I'm just like Ready, Ready Player One was a documentary, guys. Ready Player One is a documentary. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, uh, that uh, that's about does it for uh, is this anime? Uh, I'm gonna say as always, and remember. Even if you're six years old, you can have an illegitimate child and enter Fortnite and do whatever the fuck you want to do. All right. Good night. Later, Power Bottoms.